Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Come on, I think we could do better than that. Let's give the Lord praise, amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Well, I tell you, it's a wonderful privilege to be here to minister the Word of God this morning. Amen. Pastor Blake is in... Uh, hey, Chris, could you help me with the monitor just a little bit? Bring it down just a tiny bit if it's on. It helps me a little bit with my ears. Pastor Blake is um, in Garland, Texas this morning. Amen. He's uh, preaching for Pastor Brian and Joy. Uh, they've moved into a new building, and so he's there and... What a privilege it is for him to be able to be able to go to those places and minister and just get to know those congregations as well. Amen. For those that don't know, we have several churches in the Metroplex. We're, we're as far as from Gainesville down to uh, Fort Worth, South Dallas. We're in Bowie. We're in, oh my goodness, Wichita Falls. Where else? Help me out. Where, where, where else? Gainesville, Amarillo, Texas, and all those. Hallelujah. Amen. And wherever you want to go, hallelujah, we'll send you. Amen. Praise God. But we need to disciple you first and get you ready. Hallelujah. How many can say amen to that? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, it's always for me a privilege to be able to minister the Word of God and uh, preach what God has on my heart this morning to you. Amen. And uh, I get excited. Hallelujah. How many are excited about what God's doing in your life? You know, amen. I I heard Ray up here talking this morning, and he's, he's, he's so passionate about... Uh, God, you know, I've known Ray for over 20 years, probably 23, 22, 23 years, but I saw Ray when he gave his life to Jesus, when he walked into the church, um, just like the rest of us, you know, I saw Ray, Ray Polk and Linda Polk walk into church bound by sin, and I seen God do a miracle in their lives, amen, and it always does, a, a, a pastor's heart gives him joy to be able to sit back and watch, I'm sitting down here this morning, looking up here, and I'm seeing all these people. Who would have ever thought that Ruth would be singing in the, in the choir of the church? Hallelujah. Who would have ever thought that Paul Platt, executive of a, of a large corporation working out there in the corporate world, now all of a sudden he's up here just being a servant unto God. Hallelujah. I'm looking at Mr. Tyroo. He's, he, you know, he's, he's got a gift of playing basketball, and, and uh, he's great at it, and he chose God over basketball. Amen? And I'm looking at all these different testimonies, and that does not exclude anybody I didn't mention your name, because every single person that was up on this pulpit this morning ministering the Word of God, it's all because of God's grace and His mercy. Yeah, the reason you're here today, amen, it's because of God's grace and His mercy in your life. How many can look back just a couple years ago or however many years it's been and just think about when you were so bound by sin, tormented in your spirit by the devil? I'm telling you what. And even as Christians today, we need to understand that just because we're saved and living for God today doesn't mean that the devil doesn't bother us. You know, I think the devil tests us sometimes. I I think he tests us on purpose just to see where we stand with God. I think the devil comes on us sometimes. He creeps up and he just pinches us and, and pinches the plug and does different things in us just to see how we are going to act when things don't go our way. Amen? You know, I look all the time back to the things that I've done. And, and, and right now in this time of fasting, I'm really getting a breakthrough. I see God changing me. And I shared this a little bit this morning, but um, in the first service, you know, a lot of us, uh, you know, some are fasting uh, food. For days, some are fasting certain meals, and some are fasting all different things. But one of the things that I asked God to do, and we're, we're four days away from finishing this fast, and I, I feel the liberty to be able to share this with you now. I don't normally go around talking about my fast because it's personal between me and God. Amen? And God's stirring me up. And, and uh, as you can see, I didn't go 21 full days without eating or I would have disappeared, and I haven't done that yet. Matter of fact, I got stuff falling over into my pockets. Hallelujah. But, you know, God is a merciful God. Amen. We can still say that. Amen. But here's the thing is one of the things, and, and I have fasted food, and I've done very well, and I've kept my word with God. But one of the areas of my life where I've asked God to really help me with was having mercy on me when I want to get in my flesh. And anybody that knows me, I, you know, I, it's a, I call it a spiritual flesh. I'm always in the spiritual flesh. 
In other words, I'm saved, I stay saved, but I always got something to say to you. And, and, and you know, I said, God, I really need you to fine-tune me a little bit. And you might say to me, well, you're really not that fine-tuned yet. Well, glory to God, that's your opinion, but God is really fine-tuning me, amen? And I know down in my knower that I am a different person. Because God's dealing with me. Yesterday, I was driving down to this. Uh, we, ha- we have our pastor's meeting about once a month. And we were, I was heading down there, driving down the highway, and the devil lied to me. You ever, you ever driven, driven down the street, and, and the devil lies to you and tells you you're unworthy? You ever been driving down the road, and, or maybe sitting in your house, maybe after you just read your Bible and prayed and got a hold of God, and the devil just creeps his little nasty little head in there, and he says, well, you know, you're really not worthy. You, you, you know, you, you say you love people, but do you really love people? You know, the devil will torment you in areas of your life where you can't even understand or, or nobody's really talking about. All it is is enough to get you confused and to get you thinking in another different, uh, in another realm and, 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 and begin to start accusing yourself of something that is not even worth accusing yourself of. Because of his mercies, we've been redeemed. Because of his mercies, we've been delivered, hallelujah. And we have a, a thing called joy in our lives where we can call upon the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, we're going to read out of the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 in just a moment. But if, you, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to put the title of this message, His Mercy Endures Forever. How many need God's mercy this morning? Amen. Hallelujah. I need God's mercy. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Hallelujah. I want you to know this morning that He is the Father of all mercies. He's the Father of all, uh, as this scripture says, of all comfort. Glory to God. Before I go any further this morning, I do want to say uh, thank you to those that I see a couple faces out in the crowd this morning. You said you'd be here and you're here today, and I want to say thank you for keeping your word and being here. But, you know, we have a lot of guests this morning here in the congregation, and we'd like to welcome you to Victory World Outreach. Hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Maybe you're watching online this morning. We want to welcome you online as well this morning. God can touch you here, there. Or everywhere, or as Margie says, she says, see you here, see you there, or see you in the air. Hallelujah. Amen. Bringing up Margie, I I had a conversation with Margie and Jim this week. I spent about an hour on the phone with them, and it's always such a joy for me to be able to speak to them. Margie and and, uh, Jim and Margie were a part of our congregation, my wife and I, when we pastored in Phoenix, Arizona. And uh, Jim was a man who was battling some things in his life. He was going through a sickness. Uh, it was, I'll just share one, that the, the major issue in his life was he had, I think he had four, uh, stage four bone cancer. And one day I was with my uh, two youngest kids and, and we were pastoring there in Phoenix and my wife was, I don't know if she was even at the mall, I can't remember the story completely, but my kids went into the Lego store and it was, it was there in uh, Phoenix, Arizona, in Arrowhead Mall, I remember it like it was yesterday. <clears throat> and I walk into this place and we're there. My kids are over there playing. I'll take you up on that water now. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. No, I'm good. Like that. Thank you. I'm going to set this right here. Well, I'm going to set it right here just for y'all online. Amen. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm, I'm in this crowded mall. And this mall was a mall that, you know, is one of the best malls I've ever been in where, you know, the stores were just popular stores, and, and people were coming in left and right. And, and I look over, and I'm looking for a place to sit down. I mean, I'm dead tired. I'm, 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 I'm grouchy. And anybody know anything about preachers on Saturday afternoon? We're just pretty grouchy because we're trying to prepare a message. We're trying to hear the mind of God. We're trying to understand where, you know, things are going on. And, and I'm out there taking care of kids and taking them to get presents and, you know, just whatever. Just spending some time with the kids. Maybe my wife was off doing something. I'm not really sure exactly what it was. But I look over, and in this entire mall, I, you can't hardly see the, the ground. It was so packed with people. And I look over, and I see this man sitting over on a bench. Now, I'm going to be really honest with you. The bench was... Probably big enough for just a large man to sit on. Okay, Jim is not a large man, but, you know, I would say, you know, it was was just maybe a double wide chair, but it wasn't so big. In other words, there was no room for me. And I look over at this guy and I said, sir, can I 
can I sit down next to you? And he looks down at his chair, and he looks over on both sides of this thing, and he looks up at me. He says, well, you're, uh, if you know Jim at all, he says, well, you're a pretty big fellow there. And I said, well, thank you for that. I didn't say that. I said, sir, my legs are hurting me. My kids are over here playing. I said, would you mind just scooting over a little bit? You know, that just goes to tell how, how much of a people person I am. I didn't care how big the spot was. Just scoot over. I'm going to sit next to you, and I'm definitely going to talk to you, too. And so I'm sitting there, and he squeezed over, and he's bunched up over against the rail of that side, and I just squeezed right in. I'm all smashed in. And here's these two little chunky dudes sitting on this little bench, right? And we're talking, and all of a sudden, I open up my phone, and I'm going over my sermon notes on my phone. I got everything in my, my Pages app, and I'm just going through my sermon. He says, young fella, he says, what you doing over there? I says, well, sir, I said, I'm a pastor, and uh, I'm just going over my notes for my service tomorrow. I said, my kids are here playing in the store, and I'm just... Uh, taking advantage of the time I have to go over my notes. And he looked over at me, and he smiled real big, threw his head back a little bit. And, and Jim says, well, that's, that's awesome. He said, uh, so you're a pastor. We begin to talk, and, and we just begin to share the love of God back and forth. He was telling me his experiences. I was telling him mine. And it turns out, short story, you know, the long story short, is that it turned out that they come from where we used to come from, our fellowship, and it's just amazing how we knew their pastors and their pastors, and they knew ours. And it was just a, a, a small world at the moment. And I said, sir, what are you doing here in Phoenix? He said, we live in Alaska. I said, what are you doing here in Phoenix? I, he said, well, you know, I, I've got uh, stage four bone cancer, and I'm going down here to this cancer treatment center. He said, I've been coming for a while now, and my brother suffered something similar, and he's, he, he got dealt with there. We're down here now, and this was that. God, for such an appointed time as this, God put us together in that, that little chair. And it wasn't because I was special. It wasn't because I stood at a pulpit and preached. It wasn't because uh, that I had my whole life in order or this man had his life in order. It was because of a simple act of faith that says, hey, sir, can I sit by you, please? Even when there's no room to sit. You know, sometimes we have to get out of our comfort zones, uh, and, and I'm not saying just go squeeze in everywhere you don't fit, okay? I'm not telling you that. But in this particular moment, it was a God-appointed time. It was God that put me in that chair. I said, sir, can I pray for you? He said, yeah, you can pray for me. It's all right. No worries. Uh, uh, you know, we're going to be here for another week, and, you know, you, you just be praying for me this week. I said, no, sir, I'm not talking about praying for you when I leave this place. I'm talking about praying for you right now. He looks up, and he's, he's looking all around, and, you know, Jim's just a real, uh, you know, mellow guy until you get to know him, and then he gets a little bit wild. I'm looking at that camera because he's watching this morning. Good friend of mine. I love him to pieces. They're, they're family to us. Amen? And I said, sir, can I pray for you right now? I want to pray for you right now. And he looks around, and he says, with all these people right here? I said, yes, sir. I said, stand up. We stood up in that mall, and I began to pray. And I prophesied over that man. God gave me a word. God came down in that mall with all those. Listen, listen to me. There's sinners all over. You say, well, I can't do it over there. Ain't nobody saved. Well, guess what? There was no one saved in that very moment that I knew of. It wasn't a, 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 an atmosphere of God being there and, and, and boom. But you know what we have to understand as men and women of God is that, that we are the atmosphere of God. You are the power. You are the authority. You are God's hand and his mouth and his feet. And in that very moment, I said to him, sir, I said, stand up right here. We're going to pray. And I just went into praying. I didn't care who was around us. Matter of fact, I never even thought about it. It never even crossed my mind that I was in a mall praying for somebody and people are watching. And, you know, it's amazing when you start praying how many people, the floodgates open, you know, and people start going around you. And all of a sudden, now I can see the ground again. You know, there's nobody around us. And all of a sudden, I hear this joy, and I hear this screaming, and I'm like, I look up, and I, and I see his wife running. She was in the Apple store, and Margie came running out there. And man, I'll tell you what, she saw us praying, and the power of God fell in that mall. And I'm going to tell you something. We went the very next day down to that hospital, and, and the reports of the Lord said, hallelujah. I said, the report of the Lord said something different than what the doctor said. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo, Hallelujah. You know, the, the, the world says, well, you know, you got four, uh, stage four bone cancer. You're dying. Matter of fact, you should already be dead. Uh, the spirit of rigor mortis ought to be jumping all over you. But guess what happened? God came in that place. Uh, he came into that mall where the heathen was. Uh, he came in there walking down that street. Uh, and he said, oh, son, get up uh, and pray and receive your, your miracle today. And God touched that man. Hallelujah. 
I'm telling you, it's the most powerful story of our ministry to see it. And, and you know what? They did this big five-year deal. Matter of fact, my wife and I, we got to meet the owner of the cancer treatment center. Still to this day, I communicate with him regularly. And, and let me just tell you something. It's a miracle. We rode with this man. He, he ordered a luxury bus for us. We went down in a luxury bus and went down to this celebrate five years of life for people that were supposed to have already been gone and that are still there. And Jim was on the list. He was five years, hallelujah, with bone cancer and, and getting ready to die, getting ready to go meet his maker, hallelujah. And God came on the scene. I'm telling you, I got a message here this morning. I, I got something I want to preach this morning, but I'm not too sure I'm going to get completely to it, amen. Because when we're talking about God's mercy, when we're talking about being in a place in your life where there's no hope, where you don't see the way out, where you don't see any hope for yourself, and you say, I'm at the end of my rope, and there's no hope for my life. This is what I'm talking about today. This is the God that shows up, and he takes a man, he takes a woman, a child, and he says, you know what? Your ways aren't working for you, but my ways will. We went into that hospital. I'm telling you, this is the God's honest truth. My wife will tell you, she was there. This Indian doctor, one of the best doctors in the entire world. He's the most popular. Matter of fact, this doctor, when you used to see the Cancer Treatment Center commercials on television, he was the doctor that was in the background in the commercials. That's how popular this man is. He was world-renowned. He, I mean, this guy was the cream of the crop. And that one day they had a meeting with him and, and uh, they were going to compare, you know, because the world wants to compare the notes. Because this is what the report of the doctor said. You know, the hospital, he said, he's, they, they said, you're going to die. The, the hospital says there's no hope for you. You're coming in here. Matter of fact, we're going to put a date on the day that you're stepping out of this world. But the report of the Lord says you are healed. And when Jim and Margie told us, and I know I'm going a long time with this story, but it's a powerful story. And, and I'm going to tell you something. We got in there with that doctor, and we're sitting there talking to this doctor. And guess what the doctor's saying? Well, we know that uh, clinically, we know that medically, we know that the test came back. Uh, and there's nothing that we as men and women doctors can do to change uh, the result. Uh, but we know. And, and Margie just says straight up to the guy, you know what? Just tell us what we, what, what we want to hear. That's boldness. Cameras out. I mean, they got the camera out there. They're videotaping this. And, and, and all of a sudden, I told this doctor, I said, yes, but tell us the truth. What really happened here? He says, well, and he pretty much just dropped everything on the ground. And he said, let me just tell you what happened. He said, this is not a scientific thing. He said, I can't explain what happened. He said, all I can say is that God, whoo, hallelujah. He said, God did a miracle. And I said, oh, is that right? I said, why don't you tell us a little bit more about the miracle that God did? He says, well, I can't explain it. Just like I can't explain medicine, I can give you the abbreviations and I can give you the definitions, but I don't understand it. He says, but God did a miracle and he healed this man. Oh, I don't know if you heard what I said. God did a miracle and he healed this man. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's still alive today. Matter of fact, that Henri Ocus is watching us online right now as we're speaking. Hallelujah. I love to torment Jim, amen. But I, I brought that story up to help us to understand the mercies of God. I can't help but to get emotional to think about what God has done. When you go into a place, you know, I could care less about hanging out with popular people. I could care less about any of that stuff. But you know, that day, that doctor, he said, we were all sitting at a, at a, at a banquet buffet and he brought food in and fed us all. Treated us like kings, never left us, never left our side. He walked with us, took us with him, sat us down next to him every single place we went. And I'm talking, there was a lot of people there. It wasn't just about us, but he took us under his hand because he felt something different in us. And that man sat there, and I remember we were sitting there eating lunch, and, and, and his, his coordinators came up to him, and they said, Sir, uh, your, your plane, your jet is on the runway right now. We need to leave now and get you to the airport. It's 20 minutes away. He turned around, he said, he said, young lady, he said, do you not see that I am here with some very special people? He said, do you not understand that God did a miracle? And he just straight up, I mean, this is, I mean, we're like sitting there with our jaw to the floor thinking, this man is telling his, his helper, he says, you tell that pilot to turn that engine off, and when I get there, we'll leave. That's pretty amazing. 
And it's all because of God, the mercies of God, knowing that, you know what, when we're suffering in our lives, most of the time we run to the, we run to the phone instead of running to the throne. Sometimes we run to uh, everybody around us and we tell everybody what's going on in our life and our situation. And just we need to understand that we can go to God and say, God, Lord, you are so merciful. Maybe you're living today a life that is not pleasing to God. Maybe you're here today and you say, I know what's right. I know uh, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Uh, but I'm here to encourage you today that no matter what you're living today, no matter what lifestyle it is, uh, I got news for you today. God, he can set you free. He can deliver you. Glory to God. Uh, he can set your feet up on a rock to stay today. Glory to God. So don't worry about it. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to make a decision in your life to live right for God. Hallelujah. His mercy endures forever. See, the Bible says that he's the father, as we read in the scripture, of all mercies. His mercies are new every single morning. You say, well, yesterday I had such a bad day. Well, guess what? His mercies renew themselves in the morning. Oh, hallelujah, no matter what's going on in your life today. No matter what pain, uh, no matter what hurt, uh, no matter what guilt you're carrying in your life, uh, no matter what situation it is, uh, oh, the mercy of God uh, is so ready to touch you today, so ready to deliver and set you free and get you right back on path. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. His mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. Praise God. See, God is a God of power, but I also acknowledge the fact that he's a God of anger. A lot of people say, oh, no, God, he's a God of love only. We don't confront this. We don't do this. We don't do that. No, 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 no. God is a God, I'm telling you, of anger. He's a God of might. But let me tell you something. It says in the Bible, the scripture we just read, that he is the God and the Father of mercy. Hallelujah. That means that no matter where we've been and what we've done, he has mercy on us. Glory to God. We don't have to walk around like we've been... Weaned on a dill pickle or dill pickle juice. We don't have to look grouchy all the time as Christians. We can have the joy of the Lord because the Bible says it is our strength. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And all we got to do is look to God and trust him and understand that because of his great mercy. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. In, uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 through, uh, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, 1 through 4. Let's go ahead and read that. It says, and you have made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among, also, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind." And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Now, hold on. I'm going to read this next verse in just a second, but leave number three up right there for just a second. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. How many can be honest in this place and, and say, you know, there are some things in our lives that, that we've desired that are of the flesh and of the mind, and, and we're by nature children of wrath. And then it says, just as the others. Let's read verse four. But God, hallelujah. Oh, I love when it says, but God. It says, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love uh, with which he loved us. Praise God. You know, I met a guy right, right down here. We're looking at Joel and his beautiful, precious wife and, and, and all their children. Hallelujah. Pretty soon we're going to change his name to Abraham, Father Abraham. <laughs> and I'm not saying this to lift you up or to get you a big old head or anything like that. But I'm going to tell you, I remember the first Sunday he walked in this place hurting. They both walked in this place, came down to this altar, and gave their lives to Jesus again. <laughs> How many can say that? I've I, 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 I repented a million times. Hallelujah. Matter of fact, Lord, forgive me now, God. No, just kidding. Here, here he is. He walks down this place. He comes down to this altar. Surrenders, gives, him, gives his life to Jesus Christ. And I come down here, all I'm doing, I'm just doing what I do. I pray for people. I just put my hand on you, pray. I prayed over him, and the Spirit of God spoke to me. And when he got up off of that thing, he looked, turned around, looked at me, began to tell me his situation, and I said, listen, but the report of the Lord says. And I looked at him, can I just say what I told you? You need to get married, I said. I said, you need to get married. He says, well, that ain't possible. 
You know, because y'all got stories. You know, well, I got to wait till the bank is full. You know, y'all got these stories. Like, I mean, as a pastor, you know, I've heard the craziest, greatest things ever. You know, like, Pastor, you know, we can't get, I'll just rephrase it my way, okay? I'm going to paraphrase it Pastor Mario style. Is that okay with you? Good. I'm glad it is. So anyways, we come to the pastor and we say, well, pastor, you know, I, I love her so much. I love her so much. She's so good to me. Man, I tell you, I'd do anything for her. Well, why don't you marry her? Well, well pastor, you don't understand. But it's because we don't have the money to do it right now, Pastor. We don't have the, 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 the means. It's just not working out right now. Plus, Pastor, you don't understand. She wants a $10,000 ring. Well, welcome to the club. <laughs> they all want a $10,000 ring. Matter of fact, my wife still asks me every year, hey, you got me a ring yet? I'm like, baby, I gave you a ring when we started dating, and I gave you one when we got married, and I told you if it ever changed, I'd let you know. <laughs> I didn't really say that. But you see, we say, I can't afford it. I can't do it. It's too big. My family won't come to town this month. I can't make this happen. I said, well, is it worth going to hell? And he asked him if I told him. Ask him if I gave him this counsel. Some of you all heard it too from me. I said, is it worth going to hell over? He looked at me and he said, no. And he was beginning to weep. Both of them weeped in their spirit. He said, how do we do it? I says, well, we get you married. I said, do you love her? He said, yeah. I said, do you love him? She goes, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess. That's not what she said. Matter of fact, she said yes faster than he did. She said, I love him. And I said, then let's get you married. The very next day, I went to their house and I married them in the front room of their house. I called Pastor Blake and I said, hey. What a wonderful opportunity. I said, I'm going to go over and, you know, we do everything. I, I clear everything with pastor. And I called him up and said, he said, woo, glory to God. Let's do this. And look at him here. Are they perfect? Absolutely not. I mean, she's perfect, but him, he's, he's a process. You know, God's still working on him. He knows I love him. I'm in, commu- I'm in complete communication with him on a weekly basis. Because some of us need that. I need that in my life, amen? I can't just take correction from my wife all the time, amen? I got to get it from my pastors too. Hallelujah, amen? But I do receive her correction, praise God. But you see, the thing we need to understand here today is, listen, it's not about what you can do, how you can prepare, how you can get ready, because I got news for you today, you're never going to be ready. You're never going to be ready. I, we had the opportunity last month, a couple months ago, to go marry our daughter. She got married in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm telling you something. We had the best time of our lives. And you know what God is doing? He is restoring us. Hallelujah. He's restoring them. He's restoring our family. He's restoring uh, all the things of God. Hallelujah. All because of obedience to his word. But if it was not for the mercies of God... Let's go back to that. If it's not for his mercy, then guess what? We're all in trouble. Because if there's no mercy of God for us and our sin and the things that we've caused, the hurt in people's lives, then who are we? We're just blind soldiers walking without a, without a shepherd, but with God, hallelujah. He, listen, he loves you so much. He loves us so much. He just wants us to do right. And sometimes we're not willing to do right because of the circumstances in life, but we have to look beyond the circumstances of life so that we can walk in God's presence like he wants us to. Amen? He cares about us. Sorry to drink that water in front of you, but oh, that was good. Praise God. (laughs) So I'm here to tell you this morning, those that you're here, you're burdened, you're tormented with guilt and accusations, and all the trials of life that go on around you in your life, that God is rich in mercy. He's rich in mercy. It doesn't matter what you're going through today. It doesn't matter the trial. It doesn't matter how bad you've been. Listen, there's nobody in this place uh, that has been as bad as I feel like I have been in my life. 
examples as a young boy growing up. I, I did not have the good examples. I was a street kid. I was into the drugs and the alcohol as a little tiny boy. My father was, it was not living right, and I'm online, so I don't want to say a whole lot bad because I, because I love him and I, and I care, and God's restored that in me because of his mercy. Hallelujah. But I'll tell you, I didn't have the great example of lifestyle. I was taught how to do all the wrong and not how to do the right. But when you give your life to Jesus Christ, guess what he does? He steps in. Hallelujah. He takes over. He says, I'm going to wait for you to surrender who you are, the, the will. I'm telling you that stubbornness that we all have in our lives and says, oh, this is who I am. This is the way I was raised. Or I'm hurt because this is the way I've always been and the way I was treated as a child. Let me tell you something. Hogwash. That's just an excuse for all of us to live the life that we want to live. Because God says, he says, I have more mercy than you can even imagine. I remember telling a guy one time, he was talking to me, I said, I got more love than you got hate. Hallelujah. I got more love than you got hate. And I love when people torment me because I always come back with something. But back to what I was fasting about was God dealing with my spirit so that I'm not always attacking somebody. Because I love it. I, it's, it's in me. It's a, I, you know, I just, it, you know, when I see somebody that's, you know, like, I'll give you a good example. I've already told this story many times, but there's a lot of new people. You've never heard the story. You think I'm bad. My wife's even worse than I am. We were walking down the street one time, and, and I'm telling you what, we were just having a good old night holding hands, and we were walking downtown, Colorado Springs, just walking like this. And I'm going to tell you something. I thought somebody was shooting a gun or something. My wife took off out of there like it was crazy. I mean, just took off. Threw my hand aside and ran, jumped up on the railing of this building and stood on the windowsills, a big wide windowsill about like that. She jumped up on this windowsill and she's banging on the glass like this. And I'm thinking, what in the world has gotten into this woman? She's an absolute nut. What's happening here? And she says, Mar, come over here. Look, take a look at this. There was a guy from our church in the nightclub dancing. He was busting a groove, man. It was a Saturday night. Not Friday, but Saturday night. He just got paid. Ah, uh-huh, yeah. He's up there grooving. He's on the dance floor. He's moving. He's shaking it. He's, he's standing back at a moment. And, and I come up on there, and I'm looking at him, and she's still banging on the glass. Bam, bam, bam. She wants his full attention. And I stand up on there like this, and he's standing on the dance floor just checking the girls out. And when he turned around and he saw her face in that window like this, planted. (laughs) Now, those that don't know, my wife is the daughter of our founder of our fellowship. And that was our home church in Colorado Springs where we were at the time, and everybody knew her. And when he saw her face... He became a little chicken. You ever seen a chicken take off running? Woo! He went down. He went under. He was going all over the place to escape her. And the unfortunate part of this is he never came back to church. Now, did she do something wrong? Absolutely not. But the boldness there, you know, when you're always attacking, you're always in attack mode. You know, I'll tell you why I'm in attack mode so much. Because the devil loves to torment me. Does he love to torment you? He loves to torment me. And so I'm in attack mode everywhere I go. I say in the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil. You take your hands off me. People look at me like, who is this crazy guy talking to? You ever notice when I preach, these teenagers don't sleep? That's pretty amazing. That's because sometimes I don't know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God, I'm limping up here, but Monday, tomorrow is my appointment. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're going to see what God does. Amen. You know, there's no greater desire in Pastor Blake and myself in our lives but to see you young people serving God. Serving God, make right decisions. That means when the devil rises up, you young people, you all need to make wise decisions. You say, Mom and Daddy, why do you come to church so much? Why are we there on Sundays and Saturdays? Now we got Sunday night for Spanish service. We got breakaway Friday night. We got outreach on Thursday. Oh, my goodness, we're busy every single day of the week. But guess what? We're trying to undo everything we did. And really, the truth is, we don't have to do that. We don't have to try to undo anything because of God's mercy. 
You see, the story goes on uh, in, 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 in all these things that go on in our life that, you know, no matter where you've been or what you've done, God, he cares so much about all of us. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I don't care if it's homosexuality. I don't care if it's just abused by the drugs have abused you. It doesn't matter because God's mercy, they endure forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. In the Bible, in Hebrews 2.7, it says that Jesus was made like unto us. We don't have that scripture for the board this morning, but it's, it's, I just wanted to mention it, that he might be merciful, be a merciful high priest. Because he was tempted in all the points, like as you and I were. He was tempted in every area, just like we were tempted in our lives. The Bible says in Hebrew 4.16, it says, in Hebrews, it says, Come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. How many know when you're going through something, we need a miracle? I don't know where Christian is. Where's Christian at? Is he in here? Not Fuentes, the other one. He's up front. He's serving. Where's his wife? There she is. I want to encourage you. I want to give you guys a word from the Lord. Hold on. Be steadfast. Stay encouraged. And trust in the Lord. Trust in all his ways. Because the devil's ways we don't understand. Sometimes the devil comes in like a piercing, like an arrow coming at us. And, and, and he'll remind us of everything bad. He'll remind us of, of everything around us that's going on. But I want you to know, be comforted in, in, the, in the grace of God, in the mercies of God. He loves you guys. He cares for you, and he's got your back. Amen. Receive that this morning, okay? Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord praise for that. Amen. You see, once we understand the mercies of God, that, that's when we come boldly to God. When you understand his mercy, you become, you, 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 you know what it's like. Now you know it's, you got you to gotta come boldly to God. You will give God everything you've got when you understand his mercies. Because he's good. He's good to us, amen? Second Chronicles, let me tell you something. There's a story in the Bible in Second Chronicles 5.13. If you have that, go ahead. Do you have that one? Let's put this up. It says, indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praise the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, oh, the, that the, house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud. You know, one of the things that I tell you is, and pastor says this all the time to us, when you're going through a trial in your life, when you're going through something and it's pressing, and it's hurtful, and you don't know which direction to go, you just lift your voice up and you begin to sing unto God. You sing of his mercies, the mercies of God. And what this scripture is saying here is that when we sing and we worship that to God, that his mercies, that he will show up and feel his presence with, that, with the room. He'll fill the room with his presence. You know, and there's no greater joy in my life when I'm down, when I'm discouraged about something, when I'm in the middle of, of, of you know, I'm a small businessman and, uh, you know, I'm always making decisions and I'm always trying to uh, win a bid or this or that and trying to figure things out. And you know what I've done? Years ago, I just decided that I'm not going to even worry about it. I'm just going to just, just put it on the paper and send it. Because if it's God, it'll be ours. Hallelujah. Amen. And if it's not God, he'll give somebody else a chance and then they'll come back to us anyways because it's going to be God. Because I am highly favored by the Lord. Amen. Because of his grace and because of his mercies. And at times we need to understand, don't go to the phone. Don't go to, 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 to people that you just love so much and try to figure things out on your own. Give it to God and trust him that he is going to, he's going to break that stubborn spirit that we have. Amen. I guess three or four of us realize we have a stubborn spirit sometimes. Amen? Amen? But we need to be delivered from being stubborn and let God be God in our lives. Hallelujah. You see, these people were dedicated to the temple in 2 Chronicles. 
They were dedicated to this. And, and the priests and the singers, they all got together and the singers began to worship and they began to sing, the Lord is good and his mercies endure forever. Glory to God. And do you know exactly what happened in that very moment, as I just mentioned, when they sang over and over and over, they began to sing it and sing it and sing it. Sometimes we wonder in church, why do we sing certain songs over and over and over? Because as they sang over and over and over, the goodness of God and the mercies of God came into that place. Hallelujah. You know, if we wouldn't have had that opportunistic time, that perfect time of God, it, it, God's timing is so perfect. And if we wouldn't have had that between Jim and myself at that mall that day, you know that we still talk about that on a daily basis when we talk? It's always about the goodness of God. You know, Jim and Margie are still doing great and mighty things in, in, in Alaska for God. You know, matter of fact, Margie just sent me a, I, I'd like to say, uh, if, if I could, I'd like to just uh, give a shout out to Jessica. She's there with Margie. And I like to say Margie and Jim have a congregation of people because they're always winning someone to the Lord. You know, uh, I don't know where she's at right now, but uh, what's her name again? I'm just kidding. Sydney. Sydney came from Alaska. Margie won her to the Lord in Alaska, and uh, she came down here to be with us in the church. And uh, Jessica's a new young lady that, Jess, that Margie's working with in the store, and, and, and God's really done some things in this young lady's life. She listens to our services. She listens to our home church services. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to suggest any other churches out there in this world for you to go listen to. Got quiet in here. You know, a lot of people, they'll just pick up any old sermon and just listen to it and live by it. You know, I, I want to know who's preaching the sermon. I want to know the man of God behind the scene. I want to know who it is. Uh, you know, that's why the Bible says to know those who labor amongst you in the, in, the, in the house of the Lord. Amen? Because you know where it's coming from. You know my lifestyle. You know where I live. You know what I do, how I, how I am, and my walk with God. It's evident that I'm, I'm doing something uh, great for God. Amen? Not because of my power, but because of Him. And here, this girl, Jessica, God has transformed her life, and God is, I mean, she, she just... Uh, said something to Margie this week. She said, I'm so grateful for you, Margie, that you have spoken into my life and, and brought some direction to me. And she says, I'm so grateful for that church uh, and those messages, the series that Pastor is doing on Wednesday nights. Uh, I believe this is the final week of just putting it all together, but uh, she's just been so blessed by it. How many have been blessed by that, by that series this, on Wednesday nights? Amen. It's been powerful. Amen. But you know, the message that's preached in this church is touching lives all over the world. It's changing lives. It's touching your family members. When you go on your phone and you send it out to somebody, which, you know, I still have to get help with all that good stuff, but when you send it and share it and like it and all the good stuff, my wife's just starting a business, so I'm understanding the likes and all that now. But when you do that, people hear the Word of God. People understand uh, they're getting fed, they're getting delivered, they're getting set free. They're seeing that it's not about me, but it's about God. Let me give my life to God and surrender to Him so that He can transform my life. Hallelujah. So the Bible says the glory of God, it filled the temple. God wants the church to be filled with this very thing called mercy. To understand the mercies of God. Because we've heard about God's mercy. We, we know about God's mercy. You see what happens here is, is, is we're here uh, to give hope uh, to, the, to the ones that are uh, beat up. And, and the devil has just uh, knocked you out and taken, taken you out. Some of you in this place, you're faced with divorce. You're faced with, uh, you know, you're faced with uh, uh, situations with your children. You're faced with, with uh, health issues. And the report of the devil says this, but let me tell you something. God says, hallelujah. He says, by my stripes, uh, you are healed. Glory to God. And, and, and all we have to do is trust him. You say, well, you've never been sick, pastor. You never, you've never been hurting. Well, I got news for you, and the truth of the matter is this. Yes, I have been sick, and you know, I've, I've gone many years. I don't claim it. It doesn't belong to me. It's not mine, but I've got a pain in my side that I've had for, I can't tell you how many years it's been, probably close to 15 years that this pain has just tormented me. I can't bend over. I can't do certain things, and, and I feel it. I've had, I've had x-rays. I've had MRIs. I've had all that stuff, but I've, I've, I've been in pain for many years, and I don't understand what it is, but I do know one thing. This pain isn't going to control my life. I know one thing. This pain isn't going to change my attitude. This, this pain isn't going to keep me from telling somebody that God can heal you. My brother-in-law and his wife had a baby many years ago. Jason was his name. 
is his name. Jason went on to be with the Lord six months after he was born. And I'm going to tell you something. It still hurts today. He was born with a disease called spinal muscular atrophy. My brother-in-law, who is Pastor Ben Jones, he's my wife's youngest brother. Doctors all his life told him that he would never amount to anything. He'd never be able to read, never be able to drive, never be able to see. Let me tell you something. He can see. He can drive. He owns his own house. Hallelujah. He owns three or four businesses. Uh, he's a great man of God. He's a pastor. Hallelujah. But let me tell you something. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm trying to say to you today is when that child was in Denver Children's Hospital, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I believe Dad was in, Africa, in Costa Rica with us at the time, wasn't he? Well, he had to move back to help or do something. Anyways, it was a big, big ordeal. It was, it was hard. It was a hard six months of our life to live. And it's never changed. It's still hard every single day when you think about it. But one of the things when, when we think about God's mercy, when we think about God's goodness, is we know that God has, has saved that young boy from this world that we live in today. Hallelujah. That young boy, Jason, is, is, is in heaven with God. Thank you, Jesus. But I remember, da- I remember his daddy, uh, Pastor Ben, was, was in that hospital, in children's hospital, and his, his son is dying in one room, and Mama's sitting there comforting Jason. And they turn around and look for Ben, and he's gone. Pastor Ben is gone. He's nowhere in sight. They thought, well, he's down at the soda machine or down at the snack shack getting something to eat. But you know what? That man, that pastor was in that church, in that hospital. I mean, he was praying for other kids that were sick and seeing results, uh, seeing God touch those kids who were bound uh, by sicknesses and being tormented in their minds. And he was out there praying and believing God for miracles. Now you say, how is that even possible? How is it possible to... Even after his son died, he's out there. Matter of fact, in the home church, when somebody's in the hospital, guess what? Pastor Ben shows up first every time. Why? Because he has faith that God can heal. Just because his son didn't make it, just because his son went to heaven, doesn't mean that now all of a sudden he doesn't believe that God can heal. He's out there preaching it. He's out there preaching revivals, uh, healing crusades, uh, and people are getting healed and delivered. Blind eyes are being opened and ears are are being opened uh, because of the faith uh, that understands uh, God's mercy. Hallelujah. One of the things I want to end with, and I know our musicians are here, and I'm not going to keep them up here long because I have a lot to say in a little bit of time. But I remember the story of blind Barnabas. We all know blind Barnabas is a young, a beggar sitting on the side of the road at the temple. The Bible says very clearly, it talks about how how he sat at the edge of the city at the temple gates there. And as Jesus was coming through there with all of his entourage of, 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 you know, people that thought they were powerhouses. Even though in other parts of the scripture, when this demon-possessed child, uh, which I had in my notes, I didn't get to it today, but, but even the disciples couldn't heal him. Even the disciples, even the ones here in the church, uh, you know, may not be able to lay hands on and heal you. But and Jesus says, don't you worry about that. They asked, they even questioned why, why when I went to them, they couldn't heal him. Because it's Jesus who does the healing. And here's blind Barnabas. He's sitting over there and he's sitting all to himself. And all he knows how to do is ask for things. All he knows how to do is put his hand down and say, please, 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 I'm hungry. And in his life at that particular time, it didn't say that that blind Barnabas screamed out, I'm hungry. Blind Barnabas did not shout out his problem to the people as they were walking by. But he had heard that Jesus was walking by. Just as you're hearing this morning, this right now in this particular time, Jesus is walking by you right now in your situation. And when he found out that it was Jesus coming through, he said, Oh, he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. It wasn't, Lord, you've seen me here suffering long enough. Lord, I've lived in this this situation I've been living in for so long. And Lord, uh, this is where I'm at. And God, you got to step in and help me. No, he didn't say any of that. Although God already knew what he was dealing with. But he said, Jesus, have mercy on me. You know, when we get in a time of trouble, we need to learn to call on the name of Jesus.
We need to be able to call out and cry out, Lord, have mercy on me. If I could have every head bowed and every eye closed this morning in reverence to the Lord. You know, it's a very powerful story. Because, you know, the devil, he's going to tell you you're not worthy. God would never heal anybody like you, the devil's going to say. You don't deserve it. To, oh, yeah, oh, you, you, you've, you've, you've tried and you failed. You've tried to do good. You've tried to be, be great. You've tried to be the wonderful leader husband you're supposed to be, and you failed. Doesn't that sound like the devil? Get you to throw in the towel. I got news for you today. The devil's a liar. Devil, he deceives us. God doesn't heal you because you're good. He doesn't heal you because you're worthy. He doesn't take care of you because of those things. He heals you because of his mercy. He delivers us today because of our mercy. See, Jesus took that boy and he cast the devil out of that boy. I was telling you about that demon-possessed child. He cast it out of him and he healed him. Instantly like that. Because he cried out. His daddy cried out. Lord, have mercy. It was all on the basis of mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. But there's another thing. God heals on the... We need to understand that He heals on the basis of love and mercy. He loves you. He cares about you. Your situation that nobody knows about, He knows that you're suffering in your heart and in your mind today. He wants to help you. He wants to overcome. But let me tell you something. If your story's not true, you need to line it up with the Word of God. Let God be God. All over this place this morning, you're here today. You say, I'm struggling with knowing that God has mercy for me or mercy on me. You say, I'm here today and I'm, I'm away from the Lord. I'm not living right for God. I'm, I'm away from God. I'm, I'm living in sin. I've got things going on in my life that are not pleasing to the Lord. And, and you're here today. You say, Pastor, please pray for me. I need a miracle today. If that's you, just put your hand up and put it right back down. I want the opportunity. I see these hands. How many more? How many more? Praise God. How many more? Put them up. Don't be afraid. Yes, thank you, Jesus. How many more? You're here today. You say, Pastor, praise God. These hands are going up left and right. Glory to God. You say, I'm, I, I've been saved before. I've trusted God. I've lived for God. I've, I've, I've gone to church. I've, I've, I've been involved. But right now, I'm just away from the things of God, and I want to get back to where I was. If that's you, just put your hand up right now. I want to pray for you this morning. Praise God. There's so many hands going up this morning. And I want you to know this today, that God is pleased with your decision. You know, if you'll understand that God is a God of mercy, then no matter what happens to you in your life, you'll be able to walk with God. Maybe you're watching online this morning and you're saying, you know what, I have a hard time just believing in myself and trusting me. Well, we need to trust God and His mercy. His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah, says the Word of God. If you lifted your hand up this morning, I want you just to look up at me. I want to ask you, did you mean that, sir? Did you mean that over there? You meant that, ma'am? Praise God. How many more? You lifted your hand. Did you mean that? Praise God. You meant that, didn't you, ma'am? Praise God. You meant that? Yes. Any more? You lifted your hands. Even the precious little children that raises, raise their hands. You know what? They need Jesus, too. And if we would just understand and realize that once we surrender our lives to God, that he will lead us and direct us. But we have to have a place of worship that we can call home. Amen? Let's all stand to our feet this morning. If you raised your hand today, I want to I want to do one more thing. I want to pray for you. If you wouldn't mind, just come right down here to the front. I want to pray for you. And I promise not to embarrass you. Just come on down. <laughs> Workers, help me out. Come on down, Malik. Yes. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. How old is this young man? He's 10. Wow. I'm looking at him right now, and I gave my life to Jesus at eight years old. I remember the day when I came to the Lord. My mama was a drug addict. My mama was a lot of other things that I don't really want to say online here today. 
She was involved in the gangs. I was raised as from a little board, little newborn child all the way to eight years old, living like a little hellion, living like the devil. When I say young people like this come to the Lord, it reminds me of the day that God saved me and my mama standing right next to me. My mama went to church because she lost a bet. My mom was so tough, she whooped 15 dudes by herself. The biggest and the baddest. Nick, I'm sorry to say it, but my mama would have whooped both of us. Big. It didn't matter. My mama still puts Landon in his place. She says, I'll bust you up, she says. Four foot ten. She got punched like dynamite, I'm telling you. Everybody was afraid of my mama. She was crazy. Her mom was crazy. Her sister was crazy. She was crazy. I'm still crazy for Jesus. That woman lost a bet playing pool. They were pool sharks. Spent their life in the pool halls, taking everybody's money. And the ones they lost to, they just beat them up and took their money from them. It's the truth. You can ask my mom at conference when you go. She'll tell you. Now she's battling with dementia. Alzheimer's, devil's a liar. But my mama came to that church that morning because she lost a bet. And she gave her life to Jesus. That man was up there preaching to her. And man, she came down that altar and gave her life to Jesus. She ain't never heard anything like that in her life. I mean, she had to go toe-to-toe to get some more life. And here she is getting saved at an altar. It was life-changing for our family. I'm here today because of it. My dad don't want nothing to do with the things of God, the the man that raised me. He don't want nothing to do with the things of God because of of bitterness and hatred and anger in his heart. They choose the life of the world over the life of the things of God. And and my mama, when she gave her life to Jesus, it was life-changing for all of us. The preacher got up and he told her after she prayed that prayer, he said, don't go back to where you came from. Most of us would walk away going, man, Where am I supposed to sleep tonight? Where am I supposed to go? How am I supposed to pay my bills? He's our provider. All them illegal drugs. (laughs) How many have ever thought about that? How easy it was back in the day? Well, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you it's easy still. Because it's a totally different way now. Now you know better. Now you know better than to do that. My mama never went back. She never went back to that house, never got her shoes, never got her clothes, never got her jackets, never got anything back from that house. She just walked away completely. And God has a way that is way different than you would ever imagine what he has for you. I ended up marrying the daughter of the man that got my mama saved, who is our senior pastor of our fellowship. You know, you say, why do you, why do you guys say that? Well, because I'm proud of it. Hallelujah. I'm proud of it. I'm proud to be a part of your life. I'm proud to be family to you because we're going somewhere. Hallelujah. We're not going down. We're going up. Glory to God. He didn't call us to be the tail. He called us to be the head. (laughs) Amen. So let's do this this morning. Let's pray. Is there anybody else you want to join us for prayer this morning? Right down here at this altar. This is where we're going to surrender right now to the Lord. Amen. If you want to come, come on, come on. Yes. Anybody else you want to come down here? Let, let, let me, yeah, come on. Hallelujah. Vicky, good for you. God bless you. You know, there's another, there's, there's another area that, that God's speaking to me right now about, and it's in marriage. It's in marriage. If we could all just kind of get a little bit closer right here so we can make a little bit of room for those. You're here today. Your marriage is okay. You're not, you're not on the rocks, but you need God to help you. Not your husband or your wife, but you need God to help you. I want you to come down to this altar with your husband or your wife this morning as well. And I want to pray for you. Hallelujah. Come on, just come on in. Yep. Praise God. Yes, amen. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. Here it is right here. This is your breakthrough. Come on. This is it right now. Come on. Come on. Don't stand back. Don't stand back. Oh, I don't need that. No, no, no. I don't need it. Nope. You do need it. You need it. You need it. I need it. 
I'm going to tell you something. You get yourself a good wife or a good husband that will lead you in the right direction, you won't have to worry. I know where mine's at all the time. She knows where I'm at all the time. We have a great marriage because we communicate. Did you hear that word? It's not a bad word. Communicate. It's not a bad word. Communication is key. It's key. You need to love each other. Let's pray right now. Let's all pray this prayer together. Congregation, help me. Those online, I want you to pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I ask you to come into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Set me free. Deliver me from all bondage of sin. I surrender to you right now, Lord. I ask you to help me stop lying, stop cheating, stop being wicked. Get the sin out of my life. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for delivering me. And you are my Lord. You are my Savior. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. From this day forward, I will serve you with all my heart. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for the people that are up there right now, God, that need, that, that they need a miracle in their marriage, God. I pray, oh God, for the hand of the Lord to be upon them, God. I pray, God, Lord, that you would intervene in the relationships. God, that you would be centered, oh, in the relationship, God, that you would be the eye. Lord God, that you would touch and heal and deliver and set free, God, every situation that goes on right now in all of our lives, Father God. We surrender to you. We give you the glory and all God's people said, amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a big hand of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.